So, Johnny, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Great to meet you, Jeff. Great to be on the show. So, based on the intro I gave, you know, it's quite a mouthful. You're the director of revenue generation and business development. Can you go a little bit into what that exactly means? Absolutely. So, you're right. It is a bit of a mouthful in terms of a uh, title, um, and the role is is pretty meaty. It's, it's a pretty chunky role. Um, so I started off in in revenue operations. Um, it's uh, it's my passion area. It's an area which I, I love um, focusing on systems, data, and processes. But I was an SDR before. I was an enterprise AE before. I was a sales director before. Um, so I've got um, uh, experience in those areas. I chose to leave just because I wanted to focus on the systems, data, and processes. Um, and coming into Comply Advantage, the, the focus was really building the revenue operations team from, from scratch. And I, I think like the way my journey to, uh, to being also BDR uh, or SDR team leader, I think is really grounded in how I view RevOps and where it can be applied. So as a brief primer, Jeff, um, from a SaaS perspective, I see RevOps as you've got your target, right? You have various levers which affect that target, revenue generation, revenue protection, revenue growth. You have the commercial function and the different departments which affect those levers. Within each of those departments, you have systems, data, and processes. And RevOps is there to harmonize and optimize those systems, data, and processes so that the teams can more effectively reach that goal. But that's that's a pretty large remit, right? So revenue operations needs to be applied to one area of that, uh, that life cycle or the other. And coming on to Comply Advantage, um, we realize that the focus should be top of funnel, right? So accounts, contacts, quantity, quality, so the oil, and then also the engine, but just focusing primarily on the prospecting engine. So. That my revenue operations hat, I was already focused on how do we optimize and understand how we prospect to our to our, uh, our customer base? Uh, how do we look at our ideal customer profile and the leads and contacts which fulfill that? And so when there was an, an opening, it became a very smooth transition to say, well, look, you're already looking at this strategically. Can you take on also some functional leadership as well? And I'm sure the answer was, absolutely. I have no idea what I'm doing, but sure, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it. It's like, it's always how it is, right? You, 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 um, you know, growth and comfort, they don't coexist, right? You, you've got you to gotta get out of your comfort zone in order to really begin to grow. So whenever challenges and opportunities come like that, I see it exactly like that. It's an opportunity to grow. Yeah, so, you know, some of my best hires have come from the sales development ranks. I've always loved to, you know, create an additional pathway for uh, BDRs or SDRs, especially those who are thinking very process oriented. If I see that you're drawing out a funnel and you're 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 pulling out Google Sheets or Excel and you're basically planning out your funnel with a little bit of Moneyball, I know that you've probably got the chops or at least the the, the attitude to go into revenue operations. Um, I almost t consider it like taking the RevOps pill. It's like once you cross over <laughs> and you see all the systems, you're like, wait a second. It's not just Salesforce. It's not just my sales engagement platform. There's all these other systems. And then their eyes widen up. And I'm like, oh, I think I've got you. I think I've got you at least to enjoy the business system side of revenue operations. A hundred percent, right? And it's I've been amazed at um, how stretching the canvas from 
prospecting at the call face all the way through to the numbers that we start to report on at a sales leadership level at an exec level it, it it helps each other right you start to understand what content messaging sequencing engagement has activated that number right and and then vice versa and so you're right and i think that comes down to a people level right a team level where you start to see the skill sets come from both directions i crossed over from from sales to rev ops and you know, I think it's it's a it's a great pathway. So, with that said, um, you know, here at the RevOps Review, we fundamentally believe that RevOps should lead and guide the end-to-end -end funnel or the go-to-market motion. Here, you're actually playing a, a frontline sales leadership role in business development. Can you tell me a little bit how you balance your time between the two positions? Yeah, great, great question. So, it like I'm I'm not gonna deny it is a challenge, right? And I was fortunate enough when it, it wasn't, I took on two roles um, at the same time at the very beginning, right? So um, I was able to come in to Comply Advantage, first revenue ops uh, uh, leader in seat, build out the team and structure for approximately two and a half years before then taking over um, on, the, on, the, on the SDR side and, and the SDR leader side. And... So the team, the revenue operations team was really working in a really, really nice way, really smooth motion. Now, that meant my functional overhead for the team and the revenue operations team was much, much lower. I still have the strategic lean in, um, but like the actual functional bit was, was lower. And that meant that I could kind of start to turn my attention over to, to the, the, the SDR team and say, okay, right, I'm now going to lean in for what's probably going to be at least like eight months, rebuild, look at the structure, build in some, some, uh, some of the right processes, expectations, behavior. And then now things are starting to purr and, and move along a, a, lot, a lot more smoothly. So in short, it's, um, I, was, I was fortunate that I could spend more time on the, on the SDR side versus the RevOps side. But if I was to like split out like day-to-day, week-to-week, the kind of percentages, it's, it's, there's an overlapping um, there's an overlapping project that we have, which is um, we're looking we look at um, we sort of build out a capability right around our prospecting motion, and our north star is to increase the number of outbound uh, meetings, and that is a shared responsibility between RevOps and uh, and the SDR team, and so. The lion's share of my time, 60%, is really delving into that, working one-on-one -on -one with the teams, coordinating with marketing, working with RevOps from the data perspective. And then the other 40% is kind of split between those regular reviews, the one-to-ones, listening and, and coaching, and then also leaning in on the RevOps side. So once upon a time, I also led a sales development function. I think it's while doing revenue operations and mostly it was a function of a lack of headcount, lack of resources and the fact that I had done, you know, sales in the past. And so the natural leaning is, Hey, you know, you're in the revenue operations or sales operations position. Um, actually it was sales operations. It was a revenue operations role. Uh, and you had actually done sales before. I think you'd be good at taking over the SDR function. And I, I can tell you, it was a constant challenge to get that balance. Right. I was never sure I was committing enough time to either function. And over time, you know, my personal decision was that what was best for the business was to bring in a dedicated sales development leader who can focus on the right behaviors, the career pathing, the development of the team and the culture. 
And that was absolutely the right move. But I had actually watched over that team for, for at least two or three quarters. Um, and I just have a profound appreciation for anyone trying to do it. Now, yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree, Jeff. I think like it's, it's, it's so, it's so tricky to balance. Um, and, and I, I guess I've also, um, I've also seen like in the marketplace that this is becoming a little bit more common, at least in the last six months, but I, I want to get your take on this. So, um, I was reading a post on LinkedIn around how RevOps is now expected to, to start to take on some of those responsibilities. I think the, 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 the environment that you discussed where you became and when you were managing those two roles, pretty similar environment now, right? In terms of macro into economic environment is challenging. Um, you know, people are looking at, you know, making, being as uh, efficient around cost um, and resources as, as possible. Do you think it's, do you think that this is going to be more common or um, is there other departments that can also fuse with RevOps? I don't think it's going to be more common personally. I think the sales development function, the the verdict has been that it's a feeder for the sales the sales team for the most part for many organizations, at least from what I've seen and what I've discussed with folks. Almost the overwhelming majority of folks that I connect with view the sales development function as a feeder into the sales org. Um, and, and and why not, right? Like you're, you know, the, the OTE of an SDR is, is lower than a sales, uh, than an account executive. Also, the um, the pathways from where you can hire these individuals in, in, increases your pipeline of candidates um, is a great place to source from. Um, also, the commitment of, of the, the ramp of an SDR is fairly short, 60 to 90 days. And so if you need to cut ties with anyone, you can do so really quickly as opposed to with a sales rep. And so, um, you know, I, I just think it's a great opportunity to build like the kind of a, a feeding or minor league system uh, to the account mm -hmm. executives. Um, also, it, it also allows you to create more meetings at a fairly um, decent cost envelope, right? Um, so if you can get to what I call call to power or um, high persona compliance, and these are the things that you teach your sales development reps, you know, that there's not a lot of business acumen coming out the gate sometimes. And so you're teaching them like a mini business school, like here's an mm -hmm. industry that you've probably never heard of. Here's our talk track. Here's all, here's our value proposition. Here are the pain points that they're going through. And here are the job titles that you're going to call. Then you get out there and you start rolling the ball out on the field and everyone just starts phone calling. And it could be anywhere between 30 to 100, day, 100 calls per day. And it really depends on your motion and how much research is involved or the segments you're selling into. But mm. what I find is that these, in, these new SDRs, they may or may not know what job titles to call into. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, th this is, this is um, it, it's fascinating to get your perspective on this, Jeff. And um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, I think, I think like it will, it's, it's not common for this to be happening, but I think it will happen sporadically in certain situations where the environment actually is, 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 uh, is there for it to actually happen, but you're right. There's a set of um, approaches and ways that you that you know you need to build out the SDR team, and I, I love what you shared there. Yeah, I think you're in a perfect position, right? Like you were in the role yourself, so you're a bit of a mm -hmm. unicorn hire, the, a person who can you know express a little bit of duality um, with those two uh, skill sets. Um, if there are more sales development reps moving into revenue operations, which I just said earlier that I would love hiring from the, those ranks. Um, then absolutely, I could see uh, at least the revenue operations team handling sales development, at least for a temporary time frame. But it's because of the unique position or situation that they're in. Uh, I do want to 
talk about your operations a little bit. Um, sure. Most folks think about, you know, functional operations like sales operations, but no one ever really talks about sales development operations. And you've been on the other side of the fence and maybe you got a lot of love from your operations team or not. I'm curious, you know, what that looks like from the inside. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, um, it's really, uh, I think like a, a fascinating area and, and, um, also just like part of the stack, right. In terms of, um, understanding accounts, contacts, um, and how those start to feed into personas, your target market, your go-to-market approach. So when we looked at this, we, we first of all had to establish um, or understand what I call like some truths. And one of those is um, the minute a data point is in your CRM, it's potentially out of date, right? So we, there's premises, there's ideas like that where we're like, okay, so we're going to be in this constant enrichment mode. Um, we also looked at our, our, uh, our sort of um, the architecture and, and how we were using our tools and systems. And we're like, okay, everyone's got licenses to kind of go and mine and find this information. But what happens when you double, triple your sales team? Um, when you have to go to, you know, have go to markets for multiple regions and new product launches, how do you start to deal with scale? And so... We, we, we spent some time just really thinking about the whole um, lead generation area, how SDRs work, the handover between marketing, how sequences start to break down. And I think one of the most exciting areas for us has been um, our automation journey in that area. Um, so we broke down into, we broke down our, the core workflows that um, an SDR, AE, anyone is really doing as they're trying to find new companies and people to communicate and contact with. Account sourcing, so finding new companies, account enrichment, right? Um, you know, new LinkedIn, new country information, um, contact sourcing, new people, contact enrichment, emails, phone numbers, etc. We broke those out and we realized that actually, if we start to look at an API model with the data sources that we connect to, and we can, um, build in this automation layer, suddenly revenue operations can really be a partner to the SDR team and the AE team with bulk requests. And so, Jeff, this was an area that we, we really dug into, and it took us around 12 to 18 months to get right. Um, per region, you have different nuances, um, how you actually want to have the data sources connect, understanding the feedback loop of bad data and so on. Again, another principle is if you can actually get a, a human being to actually verify whether that data is correct or not, that's the optimal versus a machine, you know, doing its sort of automated checks. So we had to look at all of these different loops and we built this automation play. And the result is being able to, um, um, in bulk, find different companies and target uh, contacts that we want to uh, approach for our go-to-market and having those brought into Salesforce, brought into our CRM, shared with the team so they can actually move it at, uh, at pace. Now, that's brilliant. I think the devil's in the details, obviously, right? So an inbound lead comes off your form. It's enriched pre-CRM insertion or post-CRM insertion. Then you have your um, sales rep notified, alerted, taking action, verifying the information. Um, I've seen even some teams add in uh, machine learning steps 
really verifying, oh, yeah, really looking at the data and mining <laughs> it and seeing which sales reps are following with the right behaviors. Um, That's yeah, I've, I've actually started to dabble myself with um, these large language models, these open APIs and starting to uh, query into the database, um, pull in the information. The problem with those models, obviously, is you don't know if they're true because they're not necessarily discrete. Uh, discrete models, but I think that's brilliant. You talked about automation journey across your workflows. Like I normally think about your pre-call activities. So your research, your prep, your practice, then your in-call steps and your post-call. I'm curious, like in, in those three, where did you focus your workflows first? And you know, what was your order of priority between them? Mm, re really good question. So um, for us, like the, the order of priority um, at least at the start was is actually in that in that preparation stage in that um, I kind of term it like making sure we refine the oil so that as it goes into the engine it's as clean as possible it's as accurate as possible so our initial focus was on that and the scaling journey which I've kind of just touched on right which was hey look can we have a level of accuracy um, can we our objective Jeff was actually can we increase quantity and quality at the same time? That was the, that was the can you do this? Um, can you bring it in bulk? Can it be accurate as you do that? So that was really the focus. And then the individual um, SDR leaders would then be um, coordinating with, uh, with marketing and building out different sequences um, in our sales engagement platform, and then really reviewing the open rates, reply rates, um, relative reply rates, trying to understand, okay, like how impactful is the messaging, is the openers? Um, and then we'd have that handoff and that handoff um, and all the routing that goes along with it and the conversion rates and drop-off rates, that's when then RevOps would take the lead again. And what I, what I found though is I'm now, I'm now going into that middle step a lot more just as being that, that SDR leader, especially within the EMEA region. Um, and it's fascinating to see how that starts to work. We're really, we're trying to get into the science of prospecting and breaking it down in those three areas that you, that you described. Yeah, I love that. And then at the, so you talk about sequences. I love breaking down sequence math. Um, I'm curious about your thoughts around open rates versus reply rates useful or <laughs> not as useful. You, you know, um, I, I think, I think, I think they are useful. Right. And I also like, when when they're combined um and you know this this is not this is a um i can't recall now the the, the name of the, the gentleman who worked there i think he was a former um no catalyst he used to work at catalyst he works at catalyst he used to work at outreach and he came up with this concept of the relative reply rate where you know you can look at your open rate and you look at your reply rate as a ratio of that and then based on different benchmarks and looking at the, the, the numbers on each side, you can understand whether it's your opener that's performing or whether it's your, uh, if the, the body of your content. So I think separately they have like value combined. I think they have even more value. And I do think like metrics are, are pieces that, you know, they tell us, they tell different stories. They, you've got to look at them in conjunction with, 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 with others. Right. Yeah, I love that. I think you're talking about Mark Cosoglo. He's the chief revenue. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> he was an advisor to my head of sales uh, at uh, at my previous startup. Really, oh, nice. really um, excellent. Love nice, content. Nice um, last question for you um, uh, before we go into the last segment. 
Um, your philosophy around sequence building, I always think about outbound 30 days, maybe 14 to 15 steps, inbound um, seven days, you know, six, step, six steps. Curious about your philosophy around those two. Um, fantastic. So we, we're very similar to that, right? So, um, you know, our, our sales engagement platform is outreach. We, um, as part of our, um, as part of our build out of the, of the team and, and our use of the platform, we did really stick to what are their, um, uh, their sort of recommendations as well. And it's pretty similar, right? Outbound, roughly 30 days, 15 steps, etc. Um, our inbound is a little bit longer, right? But like 10 days, right? Only a few more steps there um, just to give people a little bit of an extra chance. But what we've seen in terms of um, the actual structure has been quite interesting. So we've seen, we've, we've seen great success now with building out um, social steps at the very beginning, right? Um, no, no selling in that, right? Being um, as personalized as you can or actually just offering to connect taking a bit of a beat, right? And have, and actually trying to immerse yourself in what this, who this person actually is, right? Um, and then going into call steps and then some automated steps. Um, and then also some social selling again, back again into LinkedIn and using the power of LinkedIn in terms of um, uh, uh, voice notes, uh, video call, uh, video kind of notes as well. So where we, we kind of see like it's mixed medium, social steps at the very beginning um, and then a mixture of calls and automated steps. But in terms of number and length, it's very similar to as, you know, what you just described. Love that. So last segment, um, a little fire drill for yourself. Curious if you were to go back in time and give advice to your younger self, what advice would you give? <laughs> Excellent. A great, great question. So um, I, I took um, the advice I would give to myself is to be more curious around um, the systems and the processes within the commercial function. Right now, it's a, it's a little bit kind of wordy, but I, I'll, I'll kind of frame it in my own journey, which is I was in sales. I knew I had this itch, this interest. I, I gravitated towards the CRM, but I didn't, I didn't go too much further or my, my interest grew quite slowly in terms of the other systems that were supporting the entire commercial function. If I was going to go back, be curious, right? Be curious about how things work, the handover, the same way an SDR books a meeting and then, you know, the best ones really follow that meeting through, understand how the AE is going to take it to close if they want to start to grow, you know, in the same way, having an understanding and of how different systems interact different processes interact across that commercial journey. I think that's the advice I'd give myself. Um, and I think I would, I would have made the leap into RevOps um, a lot sooner. Um, as, as I said, it's an area which I, I absolutely love. Well, good stuff. I'm, I'm, the RevOps industry is glad to have you. And um, <laughs> if folks want to connect with you, how can they find you? Um, LinkedIn. Just, uh, you know, Put it in. Uh, I think it's like the the normal LinkedIn and Johnny Fianu. Um, I uh, I post every Thursday just some musings on the on the RevOps journey. Um, so yeah, like feel free to connect. Uh, love sharing the journey. If I can ever help in terms of advice or um, ideas or just even to bounce and riff on on RevOps, don't even hesitate. I do it all the time. Brilliant. Love it. Thanks again. 
Excellent. Thanks, Jeff.